We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Hello and welcome into Mizzou That's Who, your podcast for Missouri Athletics here on Kansas City Sports Network. As always, I'm joined by Gabe DeArmond and Maggie Donson, but we have a very special guest today. You might know him if you listen to the audio channels on, on the uh, Mizzou Network already, or if you are tuned into the KCSNU YouTube channel, you know Jarrett Sutton. You also probably know him as a uh, former Missouri guard on this 2012 Big 12 Championship team that on the t-shirt that I am wearing had to represent. Jarrett, how are you doing today? I'm great after seeing that tee. It got me, uh, <laughs> it got me even more energized for this uh, this upcoming game. But it's good to be on uh, on the pod here. I've uh, enjoyed listening to you guys, and um, hopefully, we can talk about some uh, some little better storylines this year for this Mizzou Kansas match matchup than what we were talking about last year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rough, rough. But it's all, all right. you know. It's it's a new day. You know, it's it's a new year, new coach. Let's go. Yeah, it's uh, and and hey, this one's at home. We know we What's know right? home court advantage tends to uh, be a thing in this rivalry. So, um, look, like we don't want to take up your whole day. So I'm just gonna get right to the important thing. You've told me this story before. Other guys on this team have told me this story before. But ten years ago, the last time Kansas was in this building, just tell the Marcus Denman story. Go into the huddle and telling Frank Haith, like, quit screwing around. Let me win the game. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even so much like, as you guys know, and, and Gabe and just covering Marcus, like, man, a few words, as tough as nails, um, just you, that look in his eye um, was real when he really didn't have to say anything. It was just sort of how how he carried himself. Um, and, I, you know, I know Phil and Lawrence on uh, on Mizzou Hoops uh, Instagram account, they, they had that video uh, of them breaking <clears throat> down really that game and that final stretch and uh, Phil, Phil said it best, like Marcus got going before he hit those shots that, that propelled us to the win. He was getting into his rhythm before that um, and obviously had the mismatch that we wanted, which I thought Kansas would adjust to. Uh, but Marcus, he smelled blood in the water. It's a quote Frank Clark, right? I mean, it, it was just it was his time to shine. Um, and I there's a, a picture that got sent to me this week when the game's tied. I think there's like 50 seconds left. And in the huddle, I mean, you can tell we're, we're all locked in. There's not nerves, but the fact that we're, we're in that moment, what are we going to draw for Marcus? Like, we have to get Marcus the ball. Kansas knew it. I mean, everybody, I think, in the arena knew Marcus was getting the ball. And the way that the place kind of operated there late in the game, I mean, there was a lot of – miscommunication. Um, it was sort of a chopped up play where we didn't run a play that we really wanted to run. And then Marcus just makes a massive shot, um, which is just par for the course in this rivalry, right? I mean, the same thing happened with Zaire Taylor in 09, where we had a busted play and Zaire just goes and makes a big shot. I mean, you got to have guys in, in late games that want the ball and want that moment. Some guys don't want that moment. It's a very, especially in the rivalry, right? Uh, but a Kansas City kid, that goes to Mizzou, that's overlooked in the recruitment process, senior year, All-American. 
Um, I mean, the the script writes itself for for the legacy Marcus Denman left at Mizzou. Was there ever a point in that game you guys thought that you might not win, or were you always locked in that you were going to win that game? Well, we, I mean, we'd found ways to win many of those games that year, uh, not just the Kansas game. I think to, you know, Gabe's question too about just like home court advantage, you, you know, it, it's it's wild to, to think of the, the wins that we had at Mizzou Arena against Kansas kind of felt very similar where we didn't really play all that well. Um, and we're very frustrated with that, with us not playing well in terms of making shots, missing free throws, uh, turning the ball over. There, there were things of both games that we, we really struggled with, but I think what um, is consistent with both wins in 09 and in 12 was just in the final four-minute period, we had to get stops. Some things had to go our way, and we knew if, if we could really execute, we'd have a chance, and we clawed back in both games that we won at home, and I think in 2012, you know, so much is made of Marcus – um, you know, make a place, but you, you got to go to the defensive side of the ball too. Uh, and just stops. We got charges that were controversial. Um, but we, we got, we got stops and, you know, Kansas was a very good team. I mean, that matchup in 2012, so different than 09 because with what was at stake, right. With just us leaving the big 12 and the fact that we smelled a big 12 championship and we knew we were that good. Um, and we were, you know, we were, small ball type of team. And I know coach self has said this, but we kind of were the first team that really took small ball to a new level in terms of being just an incredible passing team. And I I'm, I'm really, you know, kind of amazed that Phil admitted it on, uh, on the, the, in Mizzou hoops channel where he didn't actually play a great game that you're used mm-hmm. to seeing Phil play. Uh, and I think he was really frustrated with how he played because they took him out of the game really in terms of him being able to do what he did all year. And that's just carve up defenses. And I think, Kansas, give them credit. They had a great game plan against us of just trying to take Phil out of the game. Um, but Marcus was an All-American, and Marcus lived for those moments and um, and carried us over the line. And that's what leaders do. That's what seniors do, and that's what All-Americans do. Yeah, phenomenal games. Both both games, obviously the one in Lawrence didn't end up like uh, we wanted to, but both phenomenal basketball but can games. But can we admit, though, that Marcus at, at Lawrence, at, you know, in, in Lawrence, he, he hits a game winner. It's just after the yep. the overtime. <laughs> That's what yeah. is so crazy. And, I, you know, as, as locked in as Marcus was at home, he might have been more locked in on the road in Lawrence in that overtime period. I mean – Again, the, the dude had a different different level that he got to in those games. Um, I think that's what I, I always think about at the loss in Lawrence is, yeah, we gave that game away, and there's a lot of things that I think about all the time. But, but Marcus in that overtime period, I mean, he hits a three from deep in overtime. Though I thought he was out of bounds from, from where I was sitting on the bench. Um, so, I mean, he almost carried us again over the line at, at their place as well. Jared, be honest, man. It's been 10 years. That is not what you think about when you think about that game because that is not what anybody <laughs> thinks about when they think about that game. I talked to Tyshawn Taylor this week, and even he admitted it was a questionable call. He won't tell me it was <laughs> the wrong call, but he did admit it was questionable. Yeah, well, I mean, you talked to Travis Relaford. <clears throat> I think you get Connor Tehan in a room. Uh, you know, I think a lot of those guys thought, man, we, we might have got a home court call there. Um, you, you said it, Gabe. I mean, again, I'm, I'm just looking at it from my angle, too. Uh, very, very surprised, I would say, that uh, Phil didn't get a call there and that, that uh, well, controversial. And if, if we want to be honest, maybe Steve Moore could have been called for a block, maybe Mike Dixon could have no been question. called for sliding no under Tyson. Like, that's no why home court matters. I mean, it's why when you go to Lawrence, Kansas, you better have a nine point lead with a minute left because otherwise, you're probably not going to win the game. Absolutely. And that's that's the biggest point for me is like I don't talk about the Phil call all that much because there's possessions prior to that moment even happening where we we let down. I mean, we, we, we had and look, Kansas went on a run. We knew they were going to go on a run, but we didn't do some things where we took a couple of ill-advised shots, um, some some things that I still scratch my head over of what we were doing um, in that final four minutes. Uh, we, we, you know, we didn't, we didn't close period. And we shouldn't have put the game in the officials hands, but Hey, that, that game was in Lawrence, right? We're, we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about the win on, uh, on Norm Stewart court. That uh, was the greatest moment really of, uh, of really submitting uh, our, our legacy as, as seniors and just what we did all four years. But everybody knew we had to win that game. I mean, everybody knew we had to take care of that for the rivalry for the last game in, in Missouri arena for Mizzou, Kansas, the, the 
the feelings going into that game with game day and the night before with antlers and the zoo crew and St. Louis and Kansas city folks driving in and just hanging out at the arena on, on Friday, I believe in practice. And you're like, we don't even have a game. It feels like we have a game, but it's <laughs> the game's tomorrow. I mean, that, that was a, that was such a wild experience uh, to go through that year. I think I'm that's curious. one of the cool things about <clears throat> uh, MUKU is that no matter how much time kind of goes by, it's like when that game is on the calendar and you see it, like it, nothing else matters. No, I mean, you obviously want to win games throughout the season, but if you win that game, it kind of, you know, it matters more. Would you say like when you think back on that 2012 season and how great you guys were that those games just matter a little bit more? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, especially just the the difference of any Mizzou Kansas game in terms of you know you're you're circling, you know, you're going to face them twice at your place and at their place. But in 2012, it was so different, right? Because there was that added pressure that we're leaving the league, and I've said this before: the hostility of the rivalry in 2012 was as strong as it's ever been, I think. Um, you know, I, I went to high school with a lot of people that went to KU. We didn't talk that entire year. Um, you know, I mean, it, it was just, it, I, it's hard to describe. Like, I think now it's still a rivalry and we, we know that it's Mizzou, Kansas. I mean, everything that's gone on with the, the bowl stuff, clearly there's just always something that Mizzou and Kansas fans can, you know, sink their teeth in. But in 2012, it was just, especially being from Kansas City, it just felt so different. I mean, it really did. It, it just felt like everything was on the line. We were a great team. Like we had, we were playing for NCAA tournament seating and we were playing obviously for a big 12 championship. It was almost like all the wins we had had, like we had a big win at Baylor. That was a huge, massive win. Um, there's such a great, you know, great memory. There were so many great wins of that year. It almost felt like, well, yeah, those are great wins, but it, it doesn't, you know, take into consideration that Mizzou and Kansas are the biggest games on our schedule. Um, and it, it just, yeah, it was different, but like similar to any Mizzou, Kansas rivalry, I, I think when you're a player, you know, the games leading up to Kansas, you want to try to win those games because you want your fans to have that momentum too of, all right, we're playing really well. Like, I think that's really important. Like Mizzou this year winning at Wichita state, that's a good win because you want your fans to still kind of be intertwined of this team's building and building and building up to Kansas. That's kind of what it always feels like too. It's not just the game. It's the games leading up to it where you really want to be playing well so you can really feel confident going into to that Kansas matchup, knowing that, that you got a good chance and you're playing good ball. Well, that's something that, you know, I went, went on a Kansas podcast yesterday. They're talking like it doesn't feel like it has the same juice from the Kansas side, as at least that they were saying, because, you know, they came in and they beat this Mizzou team by 40 last year. So they're thinking that they can kind of do the same thing again. This is a completely different Missouri basketball team. Jerry, you dive into that a lot on the Border War podcast. Um, very great X's and O's podcast. If you do, if you haven't listened to it already on this same audio channel, same YouTube channel that you're watching this video on, uh, go check that out. But I'm, I'm curious to your uh, feelings about kind of the revitalization of the rivalry. I don't think it ever should have went away, but do you think we'll get back to that 2012 type level with not being in the same conference and not playing uh, twice a year again? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's tough to live up to. I don't, I don't, that mean, the fact we were in the league and we were competing for a big 12 title. And at that point, you know, Kansas is on that consecutive streak. And, um, you know, we were obviously we had won two big 12 tournament championships. Um, and we were, you know, a force to be reckoned with in the big 12, my four years, uh, Mizzou from 08 to, to, to 12. But, you know, the, to think back at oh, the 09 games, um, the 09 game at, at uh, Mizzou arena with the court storm, that was my first taste of, you know, being in an actual Mizzou, Kansas game and running out on the floor where there was so much media where we couldn't actually get to the floor from the tunnel. Um, because, and, and that was the biggest moment for us as freshmen. You know, we played in the Illinois game. That was like my first taste of, wow, like these are college basketball atmospheres. Then the Mizzou arena to, to have that type of environment for in 09 was really just an incredible, incredible moment to see where the program has been at since we left. And I've said this before, like when we left, our class felt like the program was in great shape. Um, the class or the team after us, I think was way more talented than we were uh, with, you know, Keon Bell and Ernest Ross and Alex Oriaki, you know, Phil was back. Lawrence was coming back from injury. You just felt like the program was in really good hands. 
uh, and that, you know, moving to the SEC, we were going to be really competitive in the SEC and we were going away from rivalries, but the basketball program was in good shape. And it's really been a, you know, a struggle uh, over the last 10 years. There's been some good moments. There's been a lot of disappointments. And the goal is to get the program back to, you know, the respect that I, I wanted to, to be at uh, from a former player standpoint. I, I do believe we should be competitive. I do believe we should be, you know, competing in the SEC. It's a tough league. It's a, it's, it's the SEC is such a different league than what the SEC was when we were at Mizzou in 08 to 12. I mean, the SEC was Kentucky, Florida, and that was it. And now you got Arkansas in the mix. You got Auburn. You got Tennessee. You got great coaches in the league. It's, you know, Mizzou should be in this conversation. So I'm more concerned about that in terms of the Mizzou Kansas rivalry. You know, we'll make it a rivalry when, when you know, obviously we're undefeated right now. So much is made of the schedule. Uh, and who we've played, um, but they're winning games and they're fun brand of basketball to watch. They can score. And this is the first year for Dennis Gates. So there's positives, but it's just the start. I mean, this is, this is a process. I hate to use the word patient um, because it is tough when, you know, you want your team to get back to, you know, where the team was in 2012. I want that just as much as anybody else, but I also know that it takes time. Mike Anderson's talked about this all the time. And I've talked to him privately about this when, you know, the, the, the year that we went to the Elite Eight, the year we beat Kansas in 09, there was no expectation on that team going into that year in 08, 09. Nothing. I mean, there was no talk from students, no talk from fans. Uh, we really had to earn that because the year prior, there was so much turmoil. Um, and you, you turn the program around by recruiting classes. You turn programs around with leadership and older players, which they have on this roster. Um, so Coach Gates is trying to rebuild it, and it's going to take time, and it's going to be a process to go through that. Jared, last thing for me, because again, we don't want to keep you all day, but um, I take out like, okay, you had a better seat, uh, you a closer view of four of these games than than anybody that's talking here are going to listen. But take those out of the picture. And like you said, you, you grew up in KC. I mean, uh, you know, a, a lot of people might not know, like I went to high school with with Jared's older brother. And uh, <laughs> well, like we grew up probably 10 minutes away from, from each yeah. other, although he yeah. was a little later than I was. So we've got kind of similar roots in this thing. I mean, I'm the old guy here. Like I remember Lee Coward and Doug Smith and AP and all that in this rivalry. Before you got there, like what was MUK? You is there a game that you remember, or because you know the history of this thing, or something that that you remember watching? Yeah, um, it's a great question. So yeah, me and Gabe, true Northlanders, but uh, both my brothers went to Mizzou, and it was actually my middle brother um, that was at Mizzou when I was in seventh grade. And I mean, I was a college basketball fan uh, as a kid, like an elementary school. I loved college basketball, Big Twelve tournament at, at Kemper Arena. I'd go to all those games, and I just I loved college basketball. Um, and then I started watching this guy, Kareem Rush at Pembroke Hill. And um, that really took my like Mizzou basketball fandom to kind of the next level because I knew he was going to Mizzou. And I remember Jerron. Um, and, you know, if you're from Kansas City, you know, you know, the Rush brothers and their impact on, on Kansas City hoops. But Kareem, it was like a, a, a man amongst children. I mean, it was unbelievable to watch him at Pembroke Hill. And it was like, oh, boy, this guy is an NBA player. He's from Kansas City. And you immediately were drawn to him. And then he goes to Mizzou. And those teams he was on, you fell in love with Ricky Paulding, Trayvon Bryant, AJ. And my first game was Hearn Center. Um, it was Mizzou, Kansas. It was Kirk Heinrich, uh, Nick Collison, and those teams. And I remember my, my first feeling of like, wow, this is Mizzou, Kansas. Like, this is so different was being outside of Hearn Center. I'm in the student section uh, getting ready to get into to, uh, to, uh, Hearn Center. And Kirk Heinrich's family is walking past on like that that walkway that uh, I didn't even know what the, I didn't even know what it was, but they were walking the families of the Kansas players uh, away from the Mizzou fans. And the next thing I know, I, I look around and I'm kind of deer in the headlights, right? I'm in seventh grade. I'm like, what is going on here? And I see some eggs being thrown um, from some <laughs> students, <laughs> and I I couldn't make it out of like what it was, and then it was like. Oh wow, they're they're throwing eggs right now at Kirk Heinrich's family. This is uh, this is different. Um, and those I, I remember, you know, and Gabe, you'll you'll test it, like Hearn Center was so unbelievably loud. Like yeah. I, I had been to Chiefs games at Arrowhead as a kid, but to go into Hearns, it was a totally different. Like it was it was wild. I mean, it was those games were so great, and Kansas won that game on a, a Aaron Miles just ridiculous yeah. shot. Um, but it was an incredible game and Mizzou was so good. And AJ at that time was so dominant and, you know, those teams had great success as well. Um, but you just think about those games at Hearns that that's what my first 
memories were and um just the, the the rivalry was was so real at that time and mizzou was humming right there with quinn snyder um i was going to quinn snyder basketball camps as a kid um, <laughs> so that, that was really my my first taste of, of mizzou in kansas i um was also i was number 21 uh in middle school because of cream rush so i can yeah. also um <laughs> sympathize with the love common. of cream rush yeah that it was common, common. um so I know you said you don't talk about it. This is going to be my last question for you. You don't talk about it. You don't like to think about it really. But would you have called the foul on absolutely. Thomas? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it was a foul. It was a I foul. Mean, it okay. was. It we'll was. I, I, yeah. It, it was a foul. It, everybody knows it was a foul. Everybody that understands basketball knows it was a foul. And they got a home court call. We know all about it. It is what it is. So I don't think Kansas would have put it as their intro for like this week. I don't know if you guys saw that. <laughs> yeah, if, did. if they didn't know that it was a foul, well, that wasn't right. called. Right. Well Absolutely. done. the the other The other option for the video they were going to use was Bill with the diamond dollar necklace and Snoop on the stripper pole <laughs> in the house. But uh, yeah, that's frowned upon. They don't. They don't want to go there. They don't well, Jared, we really appreciate your time today. Uh, you will have a podcast coming out on Friday with Jeff Hawkins, a guy who played at Kansas, former Kansas guard, I believe 01 to 05, I believe is the years that he was at uh, Kansas. So uh, you guys have a great perspective on the game. You guys know these programs well. You guys know the X's and O's. Listen, Unbiased, it's one of my favorite basketball podcasts out there. Um, just with the unbiased. basketball knowledge, unbiased opinion. Unbiased. Uh, you know, it. You know me. I'm unbiased. Um <laughs> I just I think I think what you guys are doing are awesome, especially with the perspective from both sides. It's going to be one of those podcasts that you're going to want to listen to on your way to on your way to Columbia, whether you're coming from St. Louis, Kansas City, anywhere in the state, or if you're in Columbia already listening and getting ready for the game, you're going to want to listen to your guys' conversation. So, Jarrett, looking forward to that. Thank you so much for your time today, man. Guys, love the pod. Thanks for having me. And uh, to all Mizzou fans, I hope you get down to Columbia and enjoy Mizzou Arena being what it once was in 2012. I'm excited for Coach Gates to and these players to really feel that. It's going to be totally different than anything they've experienced, so it's going to be a lot of fun. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, that was Jarrett Sutton. Appreciate his time, as always. Uh, phenomenal conversation. Love that guy. Great dude. And has some great perspective on uh, the teams of the past and also, you know, the teams of, of this year. He was welcomed by with open arms with Dennis Gates. That was kind of the big thing that he really in, loves the direction that this program is going. It's encouraging to, you know, hear that from a guy who's been in the program um, Dennis really wants to reach out to the alumni. You know, we had CY on, and he said CY even said that yeah. that was a big thing that they wanted to do is get the alumni connected into the program. So really encouraged to see uh, how that's going, and, and and great to get Jared's perspective on that. Yeah, agree. I have nothing to add. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that was really cool. We, um, as soon as Jared got off, I, I even told Gabe and um, Tucker, I was like, that was so cool. Just to hear somebody that was like there in the moment. Like I was yeah. in the gym uh, in 2009. So like I felt, I felt it, but I don't think you really, like you feel it, but it's different when you're down there. I am a million percent well, sure. So. It's fun to talk to guys like that after it's been long enough that they can just tell the stories and be right. honest about things. Right. Because look, like you go in the locker room and interview those guys after that game. I mean, they're saying all the right things and all that, even while they're still college players, they, but like, you know, I, I talked to Mike Dixon for the story. I wrote about this and like Dixon said, I think Kansas lost to Baylor in the big 12 tournament on purpose because they didn't want any part of us in Kansas. City. I mean, first of all, obviously not, but great quote, you know? Um, and, and like, I thought it was funny. I mean, uh, I, I talked to Tyshawn Taylor and he said, look, we had the better team in 2012. I, I know we did. They know we did. And Mike Dixon said, we had the better team in 2012. I know we did and they know we did, you know? I mean, so it's still like, it's been 10 years, but it's still a thing, you know, this yeah. is, and that's why this is fun. You're like, it, Jarrett was talking about Kentucky coming to Mizzou arena and that's fine. And like, I don't know, I might get some blowback on this. Maggie, you're from St. Louis. So maybe in St. Louis, it's viewed differently. Like Illinois to me, it, it's an awesome game for one night. It's it's maybe my favorite sporting event of the year because it's 50-50 and like you don't get that in MUKU because it's always on campus, right? So so for mm -hmm. one night, that is an unbelievable thing. But it's just not this, man. No other game on the schedule is this. Even though they haven't played it for 10 years and look, it's not going to be the same as it was when they were playing for the conference lead and all that. And, mm -hmm. and these guys would play seven, eight times in their college careers. There's not a player on the court who really understands what this is about. And let's be honest, there's probably only one coach on either bench. Bill Self gets this. Yeah. Um. You know, but, but do Missouri's, I, I'm not sure Missouri's coaches even know what they're walking into on Saturday. Yeah, I, I agree about the the bragging rights. Well, you know, I'm actually from closer to Kansas City. So okay. I, okay. I kind of, you know, it was more of, about Kansas. My dad always joked, like whenever he was telling, he tells people, he's like, yeah, my daughter like loves Mizzou, is a huge Mizzou fan. He's always like the second she stepped on campus as a freshman at Mizzou, she hated all things Kansas. And like we always joked about that because it was like growing up, I don't think it was like a huge hatred on my end but once i was at mizzou like i hate those guys yeah. <laughs> i mean it changes that's I funny because like i literally grew up that like there was a poster at my dad's office that said why do things why do trees in missouri lean to the west because kansas sucks yeah <laughs> you know? i mean it's like so, you like... knew it you knew it they like you knew it was going on like you you know about um oh we just said his name on the thing the guys playing before, like I watched uh, Arthur Johnson play. I watched Kareem Rush play. Like I watched mm. those guys and, you know, I remember those rivalries, but it didn't become, I feel like pure hatred until I stepped on campus. And then it was, you know, there's no going back, but I agree being over here in St. Louis, you see Illinois people and, you know, we'll give each other dirty looks sometimes, but it, it's different. It's not even close to the same. Yeah. Last thing I got on kind of the history of the rivalry or just not necessarily history, but just like the old rivalry, I guess, is what you could call it. And then now we have the new rivalry, right? Uh, the old rivalry, I can remember growing up and being so, so scared of these games. Not necessarily that I was scared of Kansas, but I was scared to lose because I didn't want to deal with the shit talking for the whole year from <laughs> Kansas fans. And I remember going into the, the Arrowhead games when, when they would play for football, the basketball games. Like, you know, I grew up in, in north central Missouri, so you get all kinds. You get Nebraska fans up there. You get Kansas fans Iowa, up there. You just you, – yeah. Iowa. So there's all kinds of different fans. And it doesn't matter if they're a Kansas fan or not. If Missouri loses to Kansas, they're going to give it to you. Um, so I just would go into those games – as a kid, just being so scared that I was going to have to deal with all of this uh, for for a year, and it, that pertains mostly to, to football because I can remember a, a lot of those those big matchups in football. But um, no, it, I mean Jared hit on it too. the the bull The bull thing uh, is going to be another uh, hinge point in this rivalry, just another chapter in the story, maybe. But um, no, it's exciting. This Zoo basketball team is playing really well uh, right now, which is which is huge. Yeah, but. 
I still don't really know what I know about him. I That's like fair. we're gonna find out more on Saturday than we found out about this team all year because the worst case scenario for Missouri coming into this game was probably seven and two. Like you lose at Wichita state and then you just maybe no show one other night. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, that's the worst they could possibly be was seven and two. Now nine and zero is obviously, but they have done what they needed to do. Um, they've done what you thought they, they probably would do, but this is like, I don't think this is an elite Kansas team, maybe at some of the levels of some of the ones Bill and, and even going back to Roy have had there. Right. So I, like me and Maggie were talking before you got on here, I, I think the line for this is going to be like KU by like three and a half points or something like that. Like I've talked to some people that follow KU that think Missouri maybe wins this game. And that's not going to shock me, but just it, it's, Unlike, not just because of the atmosphere and the rivalry, but just the level of competition is something we have not seen this team face yet. Okay. I also uh, don't think it helps. Didn't Grady Grady Dick is from Kansas, right? Like he, I think that's right. Yeah. I think he they posted some photos. He's like young and Kansas stuff. He's one of those players. Like he he's lived for this moment. He's lived for this Missouri Kansas rivalry. Well, we give up a lot of points. <laughs> So. Well, and and I think Dewan Harris probably yeah. gets this. Oh. Isaiah Mosley probably gets this. I, I mean, look, we'll Aiden. be honest. We don't we don't know if Isaiah is going to play. I mean, it's been a little bit yeah. of a yo yo, right? So, uh, so who knows? But he probably understands this. But I'm not like it, the difference now is I don't think probably they hate Ku the way like Maggie was talking about hating KU, the way Jarrett and those guys, like, sure, they they respected the players on the Kansas team, but that was, they knew what that meant to fans. And look, I understand that the students are going to be charged up. The the fans in that are to hate Kansas. I think you've got to be like, not quite my age, but at least Maggie and Maggie's age, right? Like I heard you say, like, I heard you do that interview and you said 35. And I was like, yeah, that's I probably think, about right. Yeah. I mean, I think probably about 35 is the because you grew up in this, right? I, I mean, you you watch these games. You, you remember Lee Coward beating them. You remember Anthony Peeler going off for 43 in Lawrence, but still not winning. You remember um, David Padgett shutting down Hearns with just this ridiculous shot, you know? Um, You remember Melvin Booker going in and and winning in 94. So I I do think to to have a full appreciation of what this is, like, you can't be 18 and have that. You were seven years old the last time they were here. That, That doesn't really mean to you what it might mean if you are 35, 45, 55 years old. I agree. I was 14 in 2012. So, mm-hmm. um, like even, even me, you can take my Missouri fan card away if you want me to. The hate was obviously there when I was in those very early impressionable years, but they haven't played for 10 years. And that right. doesn't, that it's hard to sustain that hatred for a team that you haven't played in 10 years. And, and that's been trying to get that back or really getting that back too, because, you know, bull stuff and then you got the basketball team chirping losing listen losing an allen Fieldhouse by 40 was a really quick way to get to man i do hate these guys you're i remember yeah. how much i hate these guys uh but no getting getting back there is is i think gonna be a goal i, I you have to think that they're gonna renew their contract after it gets done i mean we talked about it on the well, last show but i, I think uh, it'll just be too good for everybody involved not to go well yeah we have to do this right i mean right. i don't know sense. if you guys went to the the hurricane relief thing they did in sprint center which was 17 i mean it was a practice game that didn't even matter and i think everybody walked out of there going what the hell are we doing not playing this game right you know uh-huh. Did wait? Did it? Did Michael Porter play in that game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought, I he thought. he went seriously like seven for twenty something. Like he shot the ball so many times, and Jeremiah Tillman <laughs> had like thirty nine fouls in that game because they just let guys keep playing. You know, um, they're like we're but, raising money; it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Like it, even to the guys on the court in that game, it wasn't really an like they knew like okay, it's an exhibition, but. Like, it would be way better if we win this game than if we don't. 
So I was I was looking at the the Kimpom ratings for and just a bunch of different Kimpom numbers uh, for this game, and I think it's really interesting where this Missouri team ranks. They're 49th in Kimpom. Uh, their their adjusted offense is 12th in the country. Their adjusted tempo is fourth. So they play a really quick brand of basketball. They score the ball really uh, well. Their adjusted efficiency margin is plus 14, which is which is very good. Uh, but when you start to look <laughs> at some of the other metrics that they have. Uh, their adjusted strength of schedule is uh, 361st in the country. Um, I think that's out, out of 364. Um, okay. I, I could be wrong. Let me scroll down. Uh, out of 363. So they are 361 out of 363 in strength of schedule. Um, <laughs> less than ideal, you could say. And their, their adjusted defense is 125th um, out of obviously the same number of schools. Uh, so offensively, they can score the basketball. You've been able to see it. Demoy Hodge has been balling, uh, quietly balling, I'll say, be- just because, you know, football's been going on. Hard to hard to dominate a football, uh, SEC football team. But he's been balling. They've got a lot of guys that can score the basketball. It's just what I worry about is, is the defense, how well they can match up with Kansas and stop them. And, uh, again, Gabe, you mentioned it. It's something that I kept going back to when I was on Ain't No Seats yesterday. I just kept saying, man, they haven't really played anybody. They played a Wichita State team, which how good is Wichita State really because they lost to Kansas State too. Again, they Kansas State came back in that game. I'm not saying Kansas State's world beaters by any means. I'm not saying that they're bad, but I think Kansas State's in a similar position that Missouri's in in terms of of, of program-wise. Um, they have, they've got a lot of transfers, got a new coach. Um, so that's really interesting just in that whole development. But the Kansas guys that I talked to yesterday weren't very confident in this game just because of, of how Missouri matches up. And it just could be, it could be one of those things where it's a tough matchup for Kansas. Well, and it's, you know, like, I mean, Kansas has played Duke. Uh, They've played Wisconsin. So they've been tested um, certainly much more than Missouri has. I, I think it, I think Missouri has to run to win this game. Like if this game's played in the sixties, I don't think Missouri can win because I just haven't seen them do that to anybody. I don't think the defense is good enough uh, maybe maybe to win a 68-65 game. Uh, Kansas probably is a little more. Now, the, the flip side of that is I, I'm not sure that's what Kansas wants to do. Like, I, I don't think they necessarily want to slow. I, they don't have Greg Ostertag, Cole Aldrich, you know, David McCullough even on this team that that like is a typical. I, I mean, Kobe Brown's probably going to be the biggest dude on the floor most of this game. Yeah. You know, so you would think, hey, maybe that favors Missouri, but, you know, Kansas has it. Like, they've got a lot of skill. And let's be honest. Kansas has more talent than Missouri does. So I think Kansas, I think they want to play similar ways. You know, um, I, I just, I, I think if it does get into a little bit of a slow down, grind it out, play defense game, I trust Kansas to win that type of a game more than I trust Missouri to win that type of a game. I think Missouri's got to get this to like 85 points and, and, yeah. and go beat them 85, 81 uh, and, and do it with turning the ball over and getting some transition baskets. Cause I just haven't seen Missouri settle down in a half court offense and be forced to execute other than about 15 minutes of that Wichita state game. And those were not the good 15 minutes for Missouri. How much do you think the crowd plays in to the game on Saturday? I mean, it's going to be probably the loudest I, players over at Kansas have heard. I mean, some of them yeah. played on national championship, but I don't think that. But that's they different. Leave it. Yeah, it, I mean, because there's a bunch of people that aren't even fans at a national championship right. game. I mean, this right. is fifteen thousand, pro- probably around Mizzou fans. Yeah, I mean, I'll be interested. Uh, there'll be a few hundred KU fans, right? I don't think it'll be a ton, but this is going to be the first time most of these guys have walked into a place where, like they're all against you, you know? Um, And so how they handle that will be interesting. Now, look, this is also like Dennis Gates made a big deal uh, in the preseason. I want big crowds before the KU game. So that's not the first time our guys experienced that. And they've had some good crowds, but this is the first time they're going to experience this. And it always has been. And I mean, that can go two ways. It can get you charged up, but it can get you too charged up, right? I mean, let's be honest. Kobe Brown has been here for four years. He's never played in a building that's going to be like that is tomorrow. A lot of these guys were playing, they were playing at Cleveland State and Northern Iowa and Milwaukee. They've never played in anything like this. And, and, and I said, I think I said it earlier. 
I'm not sure Dennis Gates knows what he's going to walk into tomorrow when he comes out of that tunnel. I mean, he's never heard an ovation like he's going to hear walking out of that tunnel tomorrow. And, you know, I talked to Frank Cape for the story I wrote this morning, and he said, like, his equipment manager made him watch the Outlaw Josie Wales uh, movie the night before that game. He said, I want you to understand this. And he said, you know, they, they told me I'd never experienced anything like this. And they were right like that, that 2012 mm-hmm. game we were talking about with Jared, that was Frank's first experience in this rivalry. And he's like, they're right. I've never experienced anything like that. So you can't really prepare. And even these Mizzou students that are going to be in the crowd, they might think they know, but like, unless you were in the arena for Zaire Taylor or for that 2012 game or for Christian Moody, you don't know what this is going to be like. And it is. It's a whole different thing than anybody there has ever seen. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. You give me a juiced up game. Also the refs. Also, also the refs, though. Like that's true. That's why the home court matters in college basketball. Because look, let's be honest. If if that Steve Moore play is in Lawrence, it's a blocking foul. Yep. If that Thomas Robinson Phil Pressy play is in Columbia, it is a foul on Robinson. Like. You know, it was like CY was talking about when we had him on. He's like, you get these refs doing these like four step approaches and calling (laughs) Uh like the crowd influences them more than it does in any other sport because it's so loud. It's such a confined space. If Missouri, if Missouri gets on a 7-0 run and they get a couple steals and dunks, that place is going to be so loud. Kansas is getting called for a charge on the next possession. Like it's just how college basketball goes. Yeah, it is. And uh, before I want to get our predictions, um, Kansas, I'm looking at their Kim Palm numbers too, because I was just curious. I've just been looking at Missouri's Kim Palm numbers. I was like, I should go up in a little a little right. ways to look at Kansas. They're 11th in Kim Palm right now. Number six team in the country, 11th in Kim Palm. Think about that. Um, they're adjusted offense, 22 in the country, adjusted defense, 15. Uh, so yeah. this will obviously be the toughest defense the Missouri Tigers have faced. Um, that's kind of uh, going to be a, a big point, I think, is if, if Kansas can lock lock down Mizzou. Uh, it also seems like Mizzou's faced a lot of teams that hit like 23s, and it's just like one of those things, and, and Kansas doesn't hit threes but, at that high. But at some clip, point, but, doesn't that kind of become about you and not about every team you're playing? That's the thing. I think it does. I think it does. And being 361 on defense is not uh, not the greatest stat that we can pull out there um, prior to this game. So let's get predictions. Um, I'm not necessarily telling you to pick a final score because basketball final scores are hard. I think the I think the projected total was like 157 on Kempom for this game. It's a very high scoring basketball game. Um, it still teams seems low scored. to me. Yeah, I was about to say that too. I was because I'm trying to think of how many points Mizzou's been scoring, and I'm like, uh, I I don't know. I mean, one fifty one fifty seven would be what eighty to seventy seven. So that's a, it's a high scoring yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. It, it is. Uh, they're not gonna. I'll tell you this. Oh, this is my hot take. They're not gonna put up a hundred. Um, watch them put up a hundred now. I don't think I don't <laughs> think either team will put up a hundred like uh, the last time in this rivalry. Um, I think this will be a lot closer of a game. I think it's probably I could see it being a one possession game realistically, which is kind of crazy to think about, right? From where we were a year ago to where we are now, where you're getting blown out by 40, and now you're saying it could realistically be a one possession game. I don't know if that has anything to do 
with how this team is. I think it does have a thing to how this team is has changed from the year, but also, you know, Kansas, Kansas isn't the team they were from last year. Right. Uh, that's, that's also plays a big part into it. Yeah. I don't know. I got to wait on this one, Maggie. That's fine. Uh, Maggie go first. Man. Okay. So I still think Missouri comes out um, on the bottom but not by a lot. Like it's not gonna be a 40 point game. I was thinking somewhere around 77, 83, 77, 82, somewhere right around there where it's still, like you said, a decent high scoring game. Cause we'll probably put a lot of points up. But with their defense, I don't know. I just I still don't think we're there. I don't think we're at the point that we are gonna beat Kansas. I would love to say that we were in Dennis Gates first year. But I just don't think we're there yet. So I still have to pick Kansas winning this game. Sorry, Missouri fans. <laughs> Gabe, I want to ask you. I, I want before we get out of here. I, I, if I had a dollar for every time I said last question, then asked another question. I wouldn't have to do this podcast anymore. <laughs> um, I, I want to, I want to ask you about moral victories. Coaches aren't going to say anything about moral victories. Teams aren't going to say anything about moral victories. But we get to talk about those. Is it a moral victory if this game is within 10 points, uh, right? Do you think that ten, that's a No, no, five? not 10. Um, if you take them to the last TV timeout, well, basketball is also weird when you're talking about final margin of victory that's because yeah. what mm-hmm. if you have four intentional fouls in the last minute, right? Yeah. Um, yep. If you take this game to the last TV timeout and and you've got a realistic shot to win, like I think you can come out of that feeling good. But, like, I, I won't go moral victory. Um, And, it, look, I, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not making a prediction on this game beforehand because I don't have a clue. Like, I can easily see a world where Missouri wins this game. I Like, that is – I don't think that's being a homer. People I know that cover Kansas think Missouri's going to win this game. Um, yeah. But I can also see a world where you just go – Maybe we should have been a little more realistic of how they got to nine and zero, and Kansas wins this game by twenty. I, I, mm-hmm. I can see that. I, I, and I don't know which one's more likely, which is why I'm not making a prediction because I don't have a clue what we're going to see. I want to go in there on Saturday. I want to see two things. I want to walk in and feel like, okay, this program matters again. Like I'm going yeah. to come to games here. And it's not going to feel like a chore, which it has way too often in the last 10 years. Not every year. Like, that's discrediting Conzo. We went to the tournament twice. There have been some days. But what I want to see over the next, not not just on Saturday, but the next couple months is, okay, this seems sustainable, right? Like, right. it's it's not going to be like this for every game because this is KU. But there might be some other games where you can see 13, 14, 15,000 people here for a game that matters. And then... I just want to see a game that lives up to that. What you know, whether Missouri wins it or not, like I just want to see a game that that truly feels like a big game because yeah. it hasn't been, it hadn't happened much. Um, the only year that Missouri's provided us what could have been big games in the last five years, I mean, COVID was going on, nobody was there, right? right? So right. it's been, and even that. Like we talked the Iowa State game where Porter was making Mm -hmm. his debut. Like that was a batshit atmosphere. But then like five minutes later, it wasn't. And and really the rest of that year, we didn't get that. I I mean, you know, Jarrett talked about it a little bit. And every time I talk to anybody who played basketball here, 2012 or before, they just say, I just want to see it be what it was, man. Like, I've, you know, I talked to some of the 2002 guys at a game last year and they said, I just... I feel bad for these players that this is the atmosphere they're playing in. So they're going to get a taste of it on Saturday. And then Dennis Gates's job is to make that come back, right? Like the, the fans are going to show up because it's KU and because they want to make their Grady Dick sign and they want to boo Bill self and they want to do whatever they're going to do on, on Saturday. But then it's up to the program to make that atmosphere come back for somebody that's wearing a different uniform. And, uh, you know, again, like I, I, I told you guys beforehand, this rivalry is one of the few things that like it, this doesn't seem like work to me. This is yeah. going to be four hours of like, oh my God, I get paid to be here, you know, on Saturday afternoon. 
And I'd love to see that come back. Like people get mad at me all the time. Why aren't you more of a fan? Well, look, it just, this is my job, man. This is in every game kind of starts to feel the same, but I would love to have games where I'm like, I legitimately look forward to this. And Saturday is the first time I can say that in a long time with Missouri basketball. And I'd, I'd love to see it come back. I went to that Mizzou or the Kentucky at Mizzou game in 2018. 18. And that was pretty yeah. fun. But I mean, yeah. yeah, like you said, but it's wild because back when I was at college, because I was at college, I was in college at, at Mizzou from 06 to 10. Um, and then like grad school, whenever the guys were the 2012 team was going on. But people didn't miss games back then. Right. Like it used to be I, that way for Texas and for Iowa State and for Gonzaga. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I like think about it or like, yeah, when Kansas State wasn't like we hated Kansas mm -hmm. State. I remember watching Blake Griffin play for Oklahoma. Yep. Like people <laughs> didn't miss those games. And I look back on it now and I think about like my my college experience versus the college experience that people are having now. And it's wild to me because I'm like mm -hmm. Mizzou sports were massive whenever mm -hmm. I was there. And it's just crazy to me that people willingly miss those games. Yeah. Well, big one coming but up this weekend, obviously. Different. Very different right, product. Right. Yes. And I think that that is going to be a, a big difference in how both of the teams, honestly, uh, will do. This Mizzou basketball program seems like it's trending in the right direction. This game tips off Saturday at, is it 4.15? Is that what the time yeah. is? Um, yeah. Weird time, by the way. 415 yep. just go up to 430 or go down to four um either way well hopefully they've finally built in 15 extra minutes so it's not a two o'clock game and a four o'clock game and if you're watching on tv there's six minutes gone when you right. turn it on right. um hopefully so so we'll be back on monday to talk about that and because there's no there's no mizzou football to talk about so we'll be fully focused on missouri basketball in the next time that we talk to you guys super excited for this game uh, make sure to like and subscribe to uh, the YouTube channel if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Leave a five-star rating and review if you uh, feel so inclined. We really appreciate you taking some time and listening to us. And also, be a friend, tell a friend about the Mizzou That's Who podcast and the KCSM Mizzou channel where you've got the Border War podcast as well uh, going on. So appreciate you guys listening all the way to the end. We will talk to you guys on Monday. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.